Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. With me, as always, my co-host, Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. And first up today... Your your boy Baker Mayfield. He's not my boy. Oh, he's he's he's, he's your favorite man. He's your favorite. You love him. No, I mean I liked him coming out of college, but so they're the Browns. Unfortunately for them, he's kind of turned into a d bag. He's kind of turning into slightly more talented Ryan Leaf. The way he's going, he got asked questions about the Patriots game, which he did not play well at all. And all be all for him at that point was he was asked. Was he disappointed that they didn't score on a particular drive? I think it was the drive at the end of the half. Wait, so let me let me guess how he responded in a mature manner, right? He answered it in a, in a mature adult fashion? Did not. Oh, uh, what did he do? He basically told them, of course, I'm disappointed. And then he kind of was disappointed with the question from the reporter named Tony. And then he ended it with, that is the dumbest question, and walked off. Well, what about after that? I'm sure he went and apologized. And no, like no, he did He went on Twitter and did his usual Twitter battle with everybody. And, yeah, it's, it's irresponsibility by, by Baker. Um, I get you're getting questions peppered at you about the offense and how you're performing. You face a tough team, and – you could have guarded your words. You're the franchise quarterback, and you're the leader, and your team wants you to be that, and they drafted you to be that. They don't want negative headlines as your as the franchise quarterback. And even if it's small as it is, it's a negative headline, and it compounds each and every time you have these negative headlines. To the point where I don't see him being there after two years. Like, really? Like two more years, I don't see him being there. And then I see him turn into this like quarterback said, that just kind of plays the backup role. If it, It's not talent that's the problem. No, not at all. It's attitude. And, yes. and I get that this is how he got to where he's at, at having this bravado about being confident and and. I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it better than you. That only gets you so far in the NFL because you have to be able to talk to the media and curtail your words. Take what happened with Duke Johnson. He put him on blast in, in training camp. Now, the team and Duke Johnson didn't have a great relationship. But if you do that with Nick Chubb or you do that with – David Njoku, if his contract comes up at some point, or any other player, or especially for the defensive player, when Denzel Ward's contract comes up, if you blast him for not signing, that's going to create friction in a locker room that's already on edge with all the talent and egos that are there. Yeah, they came into this season... Everybody had them as the uncrowned Super Bowl champion. Yep. It was really incredible to see. They did get an immense amount of talent. They got, you know, obviously they have Baker they drafted. Nick Chubb was really coming around. And Nick Chubb's played great. He's not the problem. No, Nick, Nick, Nick Chubb is the solution, but that's a different story. They didn't have Jarvis Landry. They have a, a, a talented tight end who they've seemingly yet to be able to use. Oh, that's right, because Baker hung him out to dry and got him injured. Right. Because that's what Baker does. Right. 
he can't find his first read, and then he rolls to the right and throws a pass 40 yards downfield in the double coverage and get whoever he's throwing to hurt. They got Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, that was supposed to be, I mean, these guys were on billboards. Baker's doing commercials. He has uh, sponsorships. And, I mean, he's buying into his own hype. And then reality hits in the form of week one. And Tennessee goes in there and just makes them look ridiculous. They make the Browns look stupid. And everybody is hits the panic button right away because this was supposed to be a 13-3 and team that just steamrolled people. And they aren't doing any of that. They are playing mediocre at best. They're barely beating up on bad teams. They're certainly not beating any of the good teams. And anybody who thought there was going to be some magic during a stretch run where they were going to take out all these top you know, these top tier teams, not going to happen. They are not well coached. No. They are not well managed on and off the field. And it's it looks like a bunch of players who are really good just trying to get their stat lines up. With the exception of Nick Chubb. Right. And it's it's ownership it's the GM curtailing to Baker Mayfield saying who would you like to have for your head coach? And he pounded the sand, apparently, for Freddie Kitchens to be the head coach. I'm sure Baker loved Freddie Kitchens as, as his coach. Freddie Kitchens clearly can't run a team. Not in this fashion. I mean, he needs to focus on the offense, and he can't do that because he's supposed to be running the whole team. And I just don't, I just don't think Freddie Kitchens was prepared to take the head coaching position, and it was a mistake assembling this team and not bringing in someone who could be a voice of reason. Because Freddie, Freddie's just—I mean, he backed, double talked um, the decision to go for it on fourth down late in the game. When it didn't make sense to say anything, you could have just you could have just taken the penalty and then said, "Oh, we changed our mind," or whatever. You you just don't you don't need to throw yourself out there saying silliness. He just stands over on the sideline, looking defeated every time they don't make right. They don't make good on one of his play calls. He he doesn't look like he doesn't look angry. And it's not like a Bill Belichick stoicness. Freddie Kitchens just looks like, man, I'm in over my head right now. Right. And at the end of the day, if you're going to be the face of a franchise, which Baker Mayfield was brought in to be. Now, I said it before, that offense has to run through Nick Chubb. Right. Has to. He needs to be the guy. But Baker is the face of the franchise. Right. He's the one on billboards. He's the one during sponsorship. He's the one on, on Home Depot commercials on TV. He's the guy as far as the face of the team goes. You cannot storm out of press conferences for any reason because you have a pouty face. That's inexcusable. There's absolutely no reason for that. It's, it, it, it's, it's childish, and that's it's not even college-level stuff. It, there's no excuse for it. No. Grow and- up, realize what you are to that team, and answer the report. If you want to have an attitude and you want to be mad at them, that's fine. If they ask you a dumb question or they keep badgering you about something you've already answered, go ahead and be a little pissy. That's fine. No problem. But you have to stay in your seat. You have to sit there. You have to face the music. And don't don't degrade. Look, I'm not a fan of reporters myself, but 
Duncan degreed a reporter by saying he asked a dumb question. Remember their third turnover on the third consecutive play? Yep. After Chubb fumbled on two consecutive plays? I do. When Baker went to do a fake handoff, or maybe it was a real handoff, I don't know. I couldn't tell because it was a fake Lawrence, handoff and Lawrence then it, Guy was in the backfield right. and Baker threw it directly to him. So right. I couldn't tell what they were trying to do. But, okay, what if that reporter turned around and said, oh, Baker, that was a dumb play? Baker would have been furious. Ba- Baker would have turned around and gotten a grill. Absolutely. I guarantee it. But he can turn around and call somebody else. Like, questioning a play is different. You put yourself out there as a player. You put yourself out there. They can say all this, oh, we don't, we're not here for this, we're not here for that. No, no, no. When you, when you make the money, when you have the fame, when you have the notoriety and right. the exposure, you put yourself out there and everything you do is critiqued. Now, doing this podcast, you and I have nowhere near the exposure of any of these people. No. However... If somebody listens and then they say, oh, I thought that was a bad uh, a bad analysis or a bad take or I didn't like that segment, we can't turn around and go, well, that's because you're stupid. <laughs> no, it's like, okay, well, you didn't enjoy it. What would you enjoy more? You know, you, you listen, you talk, you give and take. Or or you say, hey, come sit here and let's talk about it. Yeah, hey, yeah, come and on. And have a yeah. nice little debate yeah, hey. on, on why you think it was dumb. Come on and be a, yeah, come on and be a guest host and uh, we'll have a discussion and, be, and we'll talk about it like adults. I'll like, be open to it. Yeah, 100%. But to denigrate with someone by calling their question the dumbest question. Yeah, it's not a good look for because me. Because he asked, I mean, is it the most in-depth question? No. Uh, saying, asking if you expect yeah. to score or hope to score, of course they hope to score. Were you surprised water was wet? No, that's a dumb question. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, exactly. It's, I it's, get it, but as... The face of the franchise, yep. you have to be the leader and the example because what's the rest of the team going to do? Because now OBJ's coming out saying, yeah, I understand where he's at. I understand. I've been there. It's like, well, now you have this gang mentality of everyone against the world, everyone against us, and we're just going to be this bitchy little group of, of football players who are going to go out each week, and if we fail – well, when you ask this question, yeah, we're gonna lash out. We're gonna lash out against yeah. you, and our our head coach is just gonna sit there and do nothing during during the game and after the game. Well, I mentioned him earlier. One player that Baker got injured with his poor play yep. was his tight end, yep. who realistically should be one of the top tight ends in the league. Should be. He's not because he's on the sideline thanks to Baker. There are, however, several other talented players at the position right. who are not on the sidelines. They're actually on the field playing because their quarterbacks are competent. And the best of the best is considered widely to be Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. No, he's not. Okay, well, hard to argue. Way to ruin the setup there. But I think he is personally. He's at least top two. After Gronk went away, retired, whatever you want to call it, he was supposed to be the undisputed king of the tight end position. Correct. There have been some challengers, yep. some surprising, some not at all surprising. And it does raise the question, in your eyes, who is the best tight end in football right now? It's George Kittle. Hard to argue. And it's not because he's on a 7-0 team. It's not because he's actually on the field right now playing. He... Plays 
tight end like a wide receiver sometimes. But he also knows how to block, not just in the passing game, but in the running game. So he does multiple facets. I'm not saying he's Gronk, but he has more blocking ability, which I think is important, than all the rest of the other tight ends that are on the list. I don't think he's Gronk as far as just running in the five people and, and, and bursting out the other side and running for a touchdown. As far as being like a, like a pure beast, he's not Gronk. I think he's got better moves after the catch than Gronk did, though. Yeah. I really do. Because Gronk was just a battering ram. Right. And in his prime, he was unstoppable. But Kittle actually has some moves. He can actually, you know, he, he can he can run after the catch and actually make people miss. Right. I mean, you know, he's not <laughs> he's not a, uh, a Michael Thomas by any means. But... He, he, he's yeah. I mean, you could put him. In, I'd put him in Kelsey one A and one B. Yeah, I don't think it's a huge gap between them. I think Kelsey Kelsey runs more routes on the route tree by far than Kittle does. With the plays out of the backfield, the option routes, the RPOs that he runs with when Patrick Mahomes is in, because he, he he even runs the ball occasionally. Or, or it's a little inside shovel pass for a touchdown at the, at the uh, goal line. There's a lot more offensively he does in the passing game, but he does not, It to me, doesn't seem like he incorporates enough blocking into his game because they don't run the ball well. They only run the ball, well, they ran the ball well with Kareem Hunt because, let's be honest, Kareem Hunt's one of those special kind of talents. Yes. And he's fast. But without Kareem Hunt, they're not running the ball consistently except for against bad teams. And I attribute that to blocking ability of the players in the hole. But if Kelsey was a difference maker in the running game, then it would show. Just like between last year, Gronk being being the force blocking, as opposed to this year where there's no Gronk. I'll give you that there's no center with the Patriots because they lost him for the year. But... A lot of the pieces are similar to last year, and yet they're not getting the same kind of holes. And that I attribute that to part no Gronk. Sure. And I just don't see the blocking ability for Kelsey that I see from Kittle. And that could be effort. That could be by design because maybe um, Andy Reid doesn't want the – tight ends blocking as much. But I think you need to have some competency at blocking to be the best tight end in the league. Unless the like if the, if it was if we looked at the top 7 right now, I would say Kittle is number 1 at blocking and number 2 it's hard to find a number 2 to be to, if we're yeah. being honest. And the, uh, I mean I totally understand what you're saying as far as all-around talent and Kittle being a better blocker. I can't punish Kelsey for that because I don't think that's lack of talent. I do think it's a game plan by design. However, I do see your point. I can't argue against George Kittle. Kittle I mean, you'd ha- I mean, anybody with eyes who watches George Kittle play can see how special he is. Kelsey, for my money, I still would take, if I had to start a franchise and I, had, I could choose any tight end I wanted in football, I would choose Kelsey. If I ended up with Kittle with the second pick, I'm not going to cry any rivers. The thing I think is special about both of those talents, and I think I don't think people realize this. 
I didn't actually until I just thought about it. The mark of a great player is being effective even when it's not ideal situations. Right. Last year, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Was it the first or second game? I believe it was the first. I believe it was the first game of the season. George Kittle was a stud. With multiple backups in and out, he still produced massive, massive, massive uh, yards and and in the end zone. Right. Great player. Kelsey, even when Mahomes out, even with players that weren't Patrick Mahomes in the past, still produced like a tight end one. Both are phenomenal. I would take Kelsey, but Kittle was very, very quickly closing that gap, and he's younger. Yeah, he's four years younger. Yeah, so he has a chance to. George Kittle, health permitting, could break every tight end record in the book. Yep, he could. If he stays on, if he stays on the 49ers with Jimmy G, and they stay around long enough together, they'll build up a rapport, and they will be unstoppable. And he, they will be. They will be etched in the stone as the be- one of the best quarterback tight end tandems up there with Brady and Gronk. Here's a question for you. Those two are easy. Yep. Kittle, Kelsey. Yep. Okay. I mean, we're not really we're not really throwing anything revolutionary out there by no, saying those guys are the best. Oh, the other guys you have listed here. Yes. Walter, Walter, Waller. Well, the other guys you have listed here: Waller, yep. Ingram, Hooper, Andrews, Ertz. Because quite frankly, I think those are the only other guys that are really noteworthy. Agreed. With the, you know, apologies to Will Disley. I think he's a really good player, but he just can't stay healthy. I think I think Disley and, and, and Jaku would be part of this if they were healthy right now. And OJ Howard should be part of this. That that's that is but a it's a travesty the way that, that is the, a quarterback the, issue. Yeah. And that's an in, in, incapable of getting the ball to no, your No, that's a talented. game plan issue. That's Bruce Arians not ever wanting to use a tight end. That's not a quarterback oh, issue. It's a, that's a Bruce Arian issue thinking he could fix Jameis Winston. Well, you have to, that's a problem in general. If, but, he, if he doesn't move on from him this year, yeah, then he's oh, he going to get blown out real quick. He will. No, but I mean, I mean, O.J. Howard should be on this list, and he's not because it's just it's yeah. ridiculous. And they wouldn't trade him. They don't want to use him, but they won't trade him. You you could have gotten a nice staple of players or picks from any team for OJ Howard, and they didn't because the only explanation I can think of is is Arians has his mindset on what quarterback he wants. He's got a nice, I think he's got a nice OC in Byron Leftwich. He did pretty well in Arizona last year before the entire the entire coaching staff got blown out along with the quarterback and a bunch of other players. But I think he did a nice job with what he had. And it's clear to me that Josh Rosen is not a quarterback, which makes it even more of what Byron Leftwich did with that. Come on. Rosen's killing at Miami. No, he's not. (laughs) So I think Arians has a plan on which quarterback he wants. Do I know what it is? No. I'd have to diagnose all the quarterbacks. I can default to... Teddy Bridgewater, but... I was just going to say that he wants Bridgewater. We can we can <laughs> sit there and throw Teddy out there all we want, but there's only one team that's going to get Teddy B at the beginning at the end of next, uh, beginning of next year. So, oh, who's you, that? I think it, I, it all depends on where the picks drop. Because it, it, it all depends on where Miami drops, where it depends on where Tampa Bay drops, and then reading, reading the tea leaves on what teams like what players. But... 
back to the point of O.J. Howard, yeah, they should have traded him, or if they have this plan, then you hold on to him and hope that he gets this this burst that Evan Ingram has this year because Evan Ingram was a was in the same boat as as OJ Howard where they weren't using his talent but then all of a sudden now the Daniel Jones is involved in the offense and he brings a different dimension to the offense and now you got Saquon Barkley and now the offense is opening up a little bit He's getting his yards and he's getting his touchdowns. Well, they need to have a plan for him because uh, allegedly the Patriots offered a first-round pick for O.J. Howard right. and the Bucks declined. And, so, to, and I think to your point, was that O.J. Howard or was that somebody else that the Baltimore Ravens – oh, that was um, Jalen Ramsey. No, it was Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, okay. But to, right, back real quick to Harry Ains knows who he has in mind. Yeah. I don't want to lose this train of thought. If you're Teddy Bridgewater – and you say you can go to this mess that is Miami, Ooh. depending on where the first round pick falls. Right. This mess that is Miami. Or you can go to this absolute just disaster farther north that is the Bengals. Yes, there is talent, but who knows how that's going to shake out. Or you can go play for a, you know, an offensive-minded coach. You have O.J. Howard as your tight end. You have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to throw to. They can use their first-round pick on a running back who's competent because the two guys they have now sharing time are not. Right. As far as a starter goes. I and a pretty good defense. If I'm Bridgewater, I go to Tampa Bay all day. All day. Do you tell me I can throw the Godwin and Evans? Absolutely. If I'm Tampa Bay and I can get my hands on Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin as your running back, and because because you decided to go sign Teddy Bridgewater, and now you pair those two with O.J. Howard, Godwin, Evans, add a piece here or there, scary. Absolutely. And uh, but I mean, you know, back before we uh, wrap this up, my original question, which I, I sidetracked us: Who of those other five would you choose besides Kelsey or Kittle? If you had to start a franchise right now, you could pick any tight end besides them. Who would it be? So, instinctually, I want to go with Austin Hooper because his numbers are really good. But I think I want to go with Darren Waller. I just think he's pulled himself up from absolutely nothing because he was nothing in the previous seasons. He's 27 years old. He's Mm -hmm. clearly been in the league. And now he's turned his career around. Oh, yeah, essentially, it's a nice extension, yeah. Because John Gruden got up in his business about you need to show something or you're going to be out of this league real quick. Absolutely. I didn't watch Hard Knocks, but I saw the clip of Darren Waller and Gruden's interaction. And he clearly got the message, because to your point, he just got a nice little extension. Mm-hmm. I don't want Darren Waller. Not a bad choice. Guys played phenomenal. It's hard to argue that. For right. me, I go Mark Andrews. Really, really young player. 24 years old. Second year. He's going to have a really, really nice rapport with Lamar Jackson. Has just shown that he can be his security blanket. Yep. On a team that, yeah, they drafted Hollywood Brown, but throwing deep isn't really their big thing. And when you have a running back who moves around like Lamar does, a lot of times they have to throw the shorter pass, yeah. almost a check, not quite the check down pass, but a more intermediate 
after the check down level, like the second level. They're not going to be able to throw 45 yards downfield on the run all that often and be successful. So Andrews, as long as Lamar Jackson is there, is going to be extremely successful. I almost want Evan Ingram because he's essentially a wide receiver playing tight end. The only problem with him is he just gets banged up too quickly, too often. He has all the talent in the world, and I think as Daniel Jones grows with Saquon Barkley, he's going to be more and more dangerous. However, I just think with the, the likelihood of him getting injured and missing a game or two here or there, I'm going to go Andrews over him. That's fair. Uh, so since we're on the uh, topic of Andrews, um, no, this is not our game of the week, either one of us. I think it, it's a little easy to pick this one. It's essentially our fan question because it was requested. We it was. It this. was so requested by of, a fan. This is kind of in place of our fan question. Um, asked it a couple weeks ago, but... We didn't want to dig into it because it was asked before Baltimore's bye week. Yes. And I didn't want to get into it till it came time. So, yeah, it was relevant, absolutely. Um, now that we're at this point, New England at Baltimore, it will be an interesting game. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I, de- I think my instinct tells me the Patriots' defense is going to shut down the Ravens. I think they're too talented, and I I believe this weekend they'll be disciplined because they know how good they are Yes, and how good their running game is because what they've been doing the, in the season is the Patriots' running game has been predicated uh, – rush defense has been predicated on their ability to get ahead of the other team and just rush the passer each and every – series Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about playing defense against the run this past game they got some turnovers early if they don't get those turnovers early we have a different complex that's a much closer game absolutely yeah because chubb was run like the one the second turnover chubb ran 60 yards and then he the ball got popped um i just don't i don't think we'll have that concern this week because I think they'll be defensively responsible for their assignments. They'll two-gap uh, on the defensive line. The defensive the linebackers will plug the holes where they're supposed to. Oh, they'll have to. Not. I think Bill, Bill does give them liberties, but I think this week he's going to instill in them gap responsibility, hit the holes where you're supposed to go, don't play this sneaky, I'm going to look in the back for where's the running back. Oh. He popped out the other side, and he's gone 40 yards down the field. That can happen because you also have to play responsibility to the quarterback who can run, and that's where the defensive line is just going to keep that pocket. And now you're going to rely on your linebackers to keep a gap gap control in the the second level, and your secondary is going to be responsible for cleaning up anything else. And I think they're going to have to bring someone, uh, one of the safeties, into the box. Here's the thing. I love the Patriots. I love what their defense has been doing this year. They're not shutting Baltimore down. They're not going to give up 40 points. They're not going to get dismantled defensively. But Lamar Jackson is too dynamic to be able to shut down completely. It won't happen. He's not going to have a Baker Mayfield effort where it's poor or Sam Darnold effort where it's under 100 yards passing or of total offense. He's. You can guess what Baker's going to do. I just told you what Baker does. 
Baker sees the slightest bit of pressure. He rolls out to his right and yep. tries to throw it downfield. Lamar Jackson has, hasn't has gotten his tight end hurt, so he actually has him to throw to. Correct. Unlike Baker. So Lamar Jackson can run either direction. I believe the Patriots' defense is good enough to slow him down, and they're going to have to be more responsible because if they leave gaps in that defense, Lamar Jackson is going to rack up a lot of rushing yards, and it's going to be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots win. I really do. I think it's a very close game, though. I don't think they run away with it. And I, I don't I don't think all this the last couple of days about the, um, the bulletin board material where – Somebody said, oh, my God, I, I'm a, I remember the Ravens was like, I think we can win. Of course he does. That's not that's not bulletin board material. That's ridiculous. Of course he's going to think his team can win. What's he going to say? Oh, no, we're sorry, Patriots. We're just going to roll over and let you win. That's ridiculous. Nick Boyle said something that was innocuous. But the thing is, is as in every Patriots team, there's always a player, almost always a player, who takes the headline, clips it, and tries to turn it into, they said about us. They said this about us. Wow, they think they can beat us, and we're nothing. They did it They did it last week. They did it the week before. They did it against Buffalo. So it's it's not that they the, guy, the Boyle said anything wrong or any other player said anything wrong. It's just that you're, you put something out there, and the Patriots just take it and twist it a little bit, and turn it into they're they're ragging on us. They they don't think we're that good. We don't. They're going to beat us. They're going to come in and wipe. No, but they're not going. It's it's too. You're right. It's not that big of a deal. No, I I never saw the big deal in it. And I love when people were getting fired up over it. It was, it was dumb. I think this, I said it's a close game. I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to move the ball all that well against Baltimore either. I think they'll have an easier time moving against Baltimore's defense than the Baltimore will against the Patriots' defense. I think the Patriots win. I don't think it's a huge blowout. I'd say, I mean, I would guess maybe maybe like a 24-20 to 20 game, 24-17 final. Uh, I mean, because Baltimore's got some talent on defense, too. They're not, they're no slouches. They're not, you know, they're not the Ray Lewis yeah, Reed defense of, of years past. But they're still an extremely talented defense with a coach who knows how to run his team. It's true. That's that's the other thing here. You're talking about two coaches who are masterminds of what they do. Yeah. And I know Harbaugh doesn't have the overall success that Belichick has, but he's still he's still quite a bit younger. Yeah. But the reason the Patriots defense is going to go in there fired up to prove a point isn't isn't what anybody on Baltimore said. It's what's been being said around about them since the beginning of the season. They have the easiest schedule. They have this. They have that. Oh, my God. All these excuses. And, and, and meanwhile, San Fran is beating up all these, these teams, these cupcake teams. And they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they'll take that. And they're going to take exactly. That's what they're going to take and motivate themselves. Right. So when Lamar Jackson is sacked like six times, everybody's like, oh, what happened to this great uh, What happened to this great quarterback? Nothing. Just everybody, everybody got Lamar Jackson's ass kicked for him. Yeah. That being said, he's still going to put up some yards. Well, I think he's he's going to take a beating, but he's still going to put up some yards. So I think it's going to be uh, twenty six to ten. Really? Yeah. I was going to go a little bit bigger, but um, I think there's going to be opportunities, as have the past two to three weeks, where typically if you have a good kicker. 
you'd go for the field goal. But they just cut their kicker they've had the past two, three weeks. And they're going with somebody else. Nick Falk. Nick Falk. And you just there's they're gonna take opportunities where they would kick the ball and they're gonna go for it on fourth down. So they're not gonna get as many points because they're just not gonna they're gonna go for more fourth down than they would kick the ball. So but I think it'll be twenty six to ten. I think I think Lamar gets I think Lamar gets shut down. What do you mean? What does what shut down to you, though? Shut, shut down means uh, he participates in the run game. He'll get 50 or 60 yards because okay. he's going to run the ball. I mean, they have designed runs for him. So, on top of his scrambling, they have designed runs. So, he'll run the ball for 50 or 60 yards just because he'll have nine, nine to 11 carries. He ain't going to pass the ball, though. They're going to shut him. He'll have like 100, 150 yards passing. That's, I think he ends up with 200 yards passing and a touchdown. And I, I agree with your 50 or 60 yards rushing. A good game, but by his standards, the numbers he's been putting up, right? He's it's not going to be anything close to what he's had. But it's going to be it's going to be a solid performance considering you know when you when you match it up against like a Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield because he is that dynamic. And just one more thing before we move on to our actual games of the week, our choices for game of the week. Mm-hmm. I actually think Lamar Jackson is more dangerous when he does improvise and scrambles. He's more dangerous in that capacity than he is during the design runs. Yes, because the design runs just look like botched college plays, but you see him when he just improvises. And all of a sudden, oh, this guy's covered. Damn, now I have to run for it. And you see him go 30 yards downfield. I, I don't know. I, I think if I were them, I would just give him the option, which I believe they have. But I would stop with the design runs and just. It also puts him in risk, the design runs, I think. Absolutely. And you're not going to beat the Patriots doing design runs because Belichick is not going to fall for it. No. And neither is that defense. They're too smart, and that secondary is too good. So if they get to Lamar. He's not throwing 40 yards downfield to wide-open Hollywood Brown if he actually plays. Let's get on to our actual game of the week choices. You want to go first? Sure. Chicago at Philadelphia. It's a good one. Uh, It's an inept offense with Chicago against a a paper-thin defense with Philly. Philly's offense is okay. Between okay and above average. Um, and we know Chicago's defense is legit. Probably the best, if if not one of the best, if it wasn't for the offense being inept. It'll be a fight all day. I think the Bears' defense has a great week because Philly's defense is so poor, Chicago's offense is going to be able to get more yardage and first downs and hold the ball longer yeah. than they have been. So the Bears' defense is going to get some rest. So if you're planning on starting anybody on that, on that Philly offense, you may want to think twice because the bears are going to be able to be who we thought they were it's all up to it's all realistically it's all up to Trubisky because well well, then the bears are going to lose 35 nothing out of all out of the seven games that philly's played six of them they've given up a hundred yard passer a hundred yard receiver i'm sorry and they're top five in passing touchdowns given up in top five, when I mean top five, I mean top five worse in passing touchdowns right. given up. Right. So Philly gives it up on a weekly basis in the secondary. They didn't address their secondary problems. Malcolm Jenkins is having uh, a pissy match with 
Orlando Skandrick, who's no longer on the team now. That should definitely be his focus. Right. That should she should have yeah, not, laser not, not focus. What's on the field. Yeah. He should be concerned in his tweets and his time on what Orlando Skandrick's saying about him and his teammates instead of focusing on how he's going to get his team better. Because I think his vastly underperforming team. I think what Jenkins is doing as far as putting giving attention to this is showing us and the entire league that their defense, especially their secondary, is not focused on playing the game. In Skandrick's words, they are still living off the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl they won two seasons ago. Not last season, two seasons ago. So if they're still, they're still on that high two seasons ago, that's bad. But Ben, Ben, as Lane Johnson said, they had so much fun. They don't care if they don't win more than one. Okay, I'm glad. They you... had fun winning their one. They're good now. I'm glad they're having fun. They didn't they're, not make... gonna, they're not going to have fun Sunday because the Bears are going to beat the crap out of them. They didn't, they didn't make the playoffs last year. And guess what? I don't think they're going to make it this year either. So how much fun are you having, Lane, when, when week 17 passes and now you're going home playing golf? And if that's what you want to do, great. Guess what? The real winning teams are playing in the playoffs year in and year out. If San Francisco didn't lose Jimmy last year, guess what? They'd probably be two years in a row in the playoffs. Russell Wilson is perennially a favorite in the NFC. And it's only because sometimes by the structure of the team or injuries that he doesn't make the playoffs. But he is perennially, every single year, a playoff contender with the Seattle Seahawks. And I think Russell Wilson has fun winning. Yes. I, mean, I and, would. And we don't want to get into the Patriots because that's that's too easy. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're in there every year, so on and so forth. My game of the week, classic rivalry. Monday night game, I believe. Is that Monday? It's Monday night game. I believe it's Monday night, yeah. The Cowboys at the Giants. Giants offense has, you know, been had ups and downs with the young quarterback. But yep. they got they have Saquon Barkley back now. Evan Ingram finally has no injury designation. Uh, Golden Tate seems to be coming around. So, you know, if Daniel Jones can not turn the ball over, that could be an efficient offense. And their defense is poor. At best. However, their offense is decent. Cowboys, which Dallas team is going to show up? I'm not sure. You get the world beaters who who won the first three weeks and then just beat Philadelphia like they owed them money, or the teams that got dismantled by the Jets. I think it's going to be the combination, honestly. I don't think they're as good or as bad as they played. I think they're somewhere in the middle. And I think... The Giants and Cowboys, majority of the time, usually play pretty entertaining games. And I think this is going to be a really fun game to close out the week. I'm looking forward to watching it personally. Uh, and I think, you know, you fantasy-wise, start your Cowboys. Start uh, start Saquon Barkley. Ingram, if you have to have a tight end. But, yeah, it's going gonna, gonna to be a good one. And so it's funny you should mention that. Why is that, man? Because we're, we're going to go right into Banker Tank, and I'm going to oh, okay. let you know who my bank quarterback is. Who's that? And I'm going to let you know why he is. <clears throat> Dak Prescott. I know I've picked Cousin this Dak? 
My cousin Dak. Cousin Dak. I'm instilling faith in cousin Dak. And if you're not aware, if if cousin Dak leads me to a championship in my um, live draft league, uh, I will be sporting a Dak Prescott jersey. Oh, that's the league we're both in. Yes, that's the league yeah, we're both in. You don't have in. to worry about winning that one. My team's I'll, a juggernaut. You're I won it last anywhere. year, so I believe I'll yeah, win this yeah. year. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can believe um, it all you want. You I have not in. decided if there's a punishment, um, but if I win, my cousin Dak will be on my back, and I will salter that around everywhere I go, sporting Dak, letting everyone know that I have the same last name as him. Well, there's no danger of that. So I'm so, going to go right into my bank, and that is the ever-struggling, ever – I don't even know how to describe this guy, but Jameis Winston. Oof. He is not a great quarterback, no. I admit. No, However, not. he has this ability to throw five interceptions and still put up 300 yards and four touchdowns. He has the innate ability to have five interceptions in a game and then – Still come up with 25, yeah. 30 fantasy points. It's like, how? How this did is, you do that? This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't believe in him as a quarterback. Don't don't confuse. Don't hear what I'm not saying here. I don't think he's a great quarterback, and I think the Seahawks can win that game. I think they will win that game, as a matter of fact. However, I think Dak, Dak, however, I think Jameis, if Dak throws for a lot of yards against the Seahawks this week, that's impressive. We're not even that playing impressive. him. impressive. If Jameis throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns and can manage to somehow not throw half a dozen picks, he's going to hit his projected point total, which is our criteria here for Banker Tank. And he is going to be an effective start. He's it's not pretty. It's kind of gross actually, because I like, you know, I like to choose good players for my bank. Right. But in this case, I'll make an exception. So don't you have to roll the dice. Uh, I don't think I'm rolling the dice on this one, though. And it kind of goes against my game of the week pick a little yeah, bit. I don't really understand this pick. But I'll, I'll elaborate just a little bit. I'm picking Mark Ingram uh, going against the Patriots. Uh, well, if, you look at the, if you look at the overall stats, Patriots are one of the best defenses against the run, much like the Ravens are. But... The Patriots give up 4.3 yards of carry. And a couple of teams that have had success running the ball against the Patriots are teams that are run-oriented and they want to run the ball. Or they don't get blown out. So they have a talented running back, Mark Ingram, to run the ball. And they see the, the uh, Patriots' defense line has gap issues to where they're giving up yards and gashes of yards against good running backs. Nick Chubb, Frank Gore, some to even Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was getting yards against the Patriots, but the problem was not Le'Veon Bell. It was the quarterback both times. So I think he's going to be able to get you enough points. He ain't getting in the end zone, though. Patriots giving up two rushing touchdowns all season. And get in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with that pick. I think if Mark Ingram gets you 35, 40 yards, you'll be lucky. But that's why it's your bank and not mine. Although I say that, and then I say my bank 
is with the trade of Kenyon Drake, the new starting running back for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I know. Try not to. Don't please don't be eating while I tell you this. <laughs> uh, Mark Walton. Now I know what you're saying Dolphins are terrible. Absolutely, they're the, they're they're probably the worst team in the league. However, Mark Walton has shown flashes, and he's gonna be the guy. If if Kenyon Drake got the carries that Mark Walton got, Kenyon Drake would still be in Miami. Can we say something real quick? Sure. Just to cut in. What is Miami thinking? Because apparently yeah. Kenyon Drake has turned into the second coming of I don't know Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, we're, we're watching. Uh, we're watching a Monday night game. He's he's running right, the ball and he's catching out of the backfield like Saquon Barkley, like yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. It's like, did you not the, know what you had? No, I didn't know what they had. They didn't know what they had because they didn't know how to use them. And I, I mean, correct that. We're watching a Thursday night game. They had no idea how to use them. They don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm sorry, I interrupted. But no, no, just... no. You're you're absolutely 100 right. This guy, this guy is absolutely. When they gave him a chance in Miami, he performed. And it was like they were they're afraid to win because they don't want to blow their two sweepstakes, so they continue to struggle. Anyways. I mean, three points. They're three points down to the Niners with four minutes left. Anyways, I, I go with Mark Walton against the Jets. I think it's a good pick. Uh, I think I think he's going to be solid. He's probably going to get in the end zone. I think. Yeah. Get you seventy or eighty yards and yeah. a touchdown. Yeah. He'll be solid. It's not a great defense in the Jets. So I played him last week in one of my leagues. It didn't work out, but the offense just seemed to to sputter. Um, and and even though the Pittsburgh's offense has been inconsistent with the quarterback changes every week, um, their defense is still the same. It's been all season, and they're a legit defense. Completely conversely to the Jets, just lost their middle linebacker. Their strong safety is having a bitch fit with uh, management and the head coach. They have no quarterback cornerback play. Their defense alignment, their stud defense alignment, Quinn Williams, is in and out of the doghouse with them because of some of his antics on the field. So, yeah, I can see why you'd go with Mark Walton. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, running, my wide receiver tank is going to be Allen Robinson. That's got to be because I mean, I mean, Trubisky, do I right? need to really go into yeah, it? Yeah, it's Mitch Trubisky. That's not Allen Robinson's fault. That's, that's I, a bad quarterback. I think he's he, he's going to get, but he still gets his yards and his points. So yeah. I, I think it's it's kind of obvious. He, oh, <laughs> oh, my mistake. I heard Bears. I just thought oh, Tank oh. automatically. Oh, you thought? No. No, nah, I'm just being smart ass. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. The Eagles. The Eagles yeah. are paper thin. No, I know. <laughs> Let me say that again to all you Eagles fans. Your defense is paper thin. I don't think that's I, accurate. That's I, I, I don't think that's accurate because yes, it is. No, no, it's not because paper at least has a use. Oh, that's true. I think you're. I think you're kind of throwing a good name of paper under the bus. I, I apologize to all paper and paper companies. I didn't mean to besmirch your name, but then that being said, the Eagles defense is of the same. Density and quality of paper. Maybe a toilet paper. Anyway, let's move on to ten, uh, your <laughs> your bank wide receiver. My bank wide receiver is Michael Gallup of the Cowboys. Ooh. Going to be involved in the aforementioned my game of the week. I think they're going to attempt to, although the Giants secondary is not exactly world beaters himself. No. They're going to attempt to make sure Amari Cooper does not beat them. And Michael Gallup will be able to just run all over the field. Now, 
The last game they played, he should have been able to as well, and he didn't do so great. But he's just waiting for a breakout right. game. And he's young. And, and he's young, and he has a lot of talent. And coming off a of bye week on Monday night, the biggest stage in football, I think – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see this kid have 130 yards and two touchdowns. Right. I, I, I would I would start him without a problem. I'm not saying that's what he's going to get, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh but, I mean, he, yeah, he's going to have a very respectable game. He Six or seven catches for 70 or 80 yards and a touchdown, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get that. To elaborate on your point, I mean, the defense for the Giants, they're 27th in total. Yeah. They're 24th against the pass. They're 21st against the run. They're 28th in completion percentage. They're, they're getting 70% completions of the quarterbacks against them each week. Mm-hmm. And week one against the – the Cowboys, they gave up 405 and four touchdowns. Dak didn't throw all that to Amari Cooper. No. And their tight ends are not that upper echelon. And Zeke was in his first game, so he wasn't used all that much in the past game. So, with that, yeah, I think I think all oh, your Cowboys, your Cowboys need to be in the game. With the exception, unfortunately, of Jason Witten, I don't think you should play him. But your Cowboys are in. You know what? Even a Jason Witten in a matchup like that, if you have to have a tight end, I don't think be the worst pick. I don't think he's gonna, you know, he's not gonna kill it. But, anyways, we're not talking about Jason Witten. Well, you're also looking at at least I think four reputable tight ends that are on buys. Yeah, so you may have to, you know, pick him up and start him. Yeah, you're looking at Hooper, Efert, Everett with the Rams, and and Cook for what he's worth. He's been worth. With the Saints. As always, with every positive comes a negative. Unfortunately, we have to go to the negative. And now it's time for tank. So two of my tanks are actually rolls of the dice. Okay. It, it Statistically-wise, they're rolls of the dice. So my quarterback is going to be Derek Carr. Right. Uh, it's a roll of the dice because t- statistically, the Lions' defense is one of the worst in the passing game. They're, like, they're one of the worst. Okay. Um, but... It's a feeling that he's going to bomb. And they're even at home in Oakland. But it's still a feeling that they're going to bomb. Uh, my tank is Carson Wentz. Good. I know, Ben, I know how much you love this guy. I'm I am celebrating this. this decision. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, with the ineptitude of the Bears offense on the other side of the ball, I believe with the poor Philly defense, the Bears offense will be able to move the ball with some success. Yep. Not going to score a ton of points, but, you know, they'll be able to move it. This will give the Bears' defense a rest, which means when they're on the field, they are going to be attacking Carson Wentz, who has not, by the way, been all that superb anyways. He has one game of his last five over 200 passing yards. You. One. And you wonder why I don't like him. So, well, you have other reasons. It's true. Well, so when you add in... The fact that he's playing a defense that's that good that's going to be able to rest, forget it. You're running back? Sony Michelle. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but that I agree defense with you there. Is, I agree with you. That defensive line's going to be stout. They give up 84 yards a rush a game. Sony doesn't do that much. Sony gets like 40 yards a game already as it is. His points rely on touchdowns. They've given up eight touchdowns. Rushing this season. And Nick Chubb is the only running back 
that has, that has gotten over 100 yards. And he went off. He had like a buck 60 and three touchdowns. So he went off. But Nick Chubb, as much as they're from the same University of Georgia and they're best friends, Nick Chubb is on a different level than Sonny Michelle. And with the little bit of inconsistency at in the offense line, no fullback to lead the block because they just cut their backup tight end. So now you're looking at who is going to block for Sony Michelle this weekend. This could be – they could be designing this to go into this week pass, pass, pass. Because now Nikhil Harry, it looks like he's going to play this week. He's been on, he's been on practicing for the past two weeks, and they have, I think, another – week or two before they decide if they're gonna he's gonna come off IR. I think it's gonna be a big passing week for the Patriots. And guess who doesn't get involved in the passing game? Sony Michelle, because when they tried with Burkett out, he kept dropping passes. Yeah. He ran wrong routes. Sorry, Sony, you're done with the passing game. You're only gonna run and they probably were gonna rely if Rex is healthy more on Rex because He's more versatile than you. Now, at the end of the day, uh, if they're going to try to figure some things out with Sony in a passing game, it's not going to be against a team like Baltimore. No, it'll be no, it'll be second. it'll be the James White show and Rex Burkhead out of the backfield as far as passing goes, and Sony will try to run ten or fifteen times and probably get like twenty five yards, maybe. And yeah, that'll be it. My tank is Marlon Mack against the Steelers. That's more of. Okay, but the Colts have that great offensive line. They do, and you know the Steelers have a you know they have a decent defense, but it's yeah. not great. I think they're going to be able to pass the ball on Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh will be side against Miami. Yeah, I know it's Miami. It's Miami, but Mason Rudolph, who just sounds like a made up name, it does. Didn't. Looked great to start. Probably a little shaken up after getting injured his previous time he was on the field. However, I think they're going to be able to move the ball also. So you're not going to have a situation where the Colts are up by, you know, a touchdown, two touchdowns, and they're going to be able to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. That, and I do think the way Marlon Mack runs, that defensive line will be able to stop him. Yeah. I'm not saying he gets shut down completely, and he may still be, you know, much like Devonta Freeman last week, how, you know, I would have been, I would have nailed him on Banker Tank, but he decided to catch a few out of the backfield as, right. as a check down guy. Marlon Mack may do that. As far as running the ball goes, I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of success. And I think that's, again, I think that's more of a game plan issue than his talent. Right. But, because Marlon Mack, nobody needs to explain or convince me how talented he is. I know how good he is, but I just think in that situation, not so great. Wide receiver for me is going to be Keenan Allen. It's a little Ugh. bit of a gamble. He's just going to be swapped back and forth on our tank for the rest of the season, I think. And it's and it's surprising because if you look at his last three games against Houston, at Detroit, and versus Indianapolis, he had 42 targets, 29 receptions, 404 yards, and four touchdowns, uh, three touchdowns. And it was kind of spread throughout all three games. So statistically, the past three games – it's been comparable enough to get you what you want in fantasy value. But, again, to our point, every time we put him on this list, A, he's supposed to be an WR1. Yeah, he's the guy. 
he should be performing like this every single week. Two, it seems like Philip is starting to deteriorate as the season goes on. Three, they have a very good corner in Jair Alexander with the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be locked on him for the most of the night. And I don't think he's going to get much. And he'll get his catches, but it's not going to be productive. And maybe he will overshoot the 14.8 projection. Not but that could lot. it could be like six catches for 80, 90 yards and no touchdowns. And that will probably get him close, if not over. I can't do the math on my head right now. Because as we as a rule, we were told no math during the podcast. I was told to be no math. Yeah, um, he's supposed to be that receiver that you look at it every week and say, "Okay, I can rely on him to get me." Yeah, and yeah, fifteen, eighteen points, but every single every single week because I need, there's a week I need it because my opponent is going up on me. Well, speaking of. Players who were brought in to be the wide receiver one yep. and be the guy and someone you can count on. You have to talk about my tank player at the wide receiver position this week, Odell Beckham Jr. You're going to say, oh, he just came off a really poor game against the Patriots. It's going to get easier for him. He's going to be mad. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. First of all, nobody on the Browns seems to get fired up yeah, even after they get beat unless it's at the media. Second... You're going against Denver in Denver. Receivers do not have good games against the Broncos in Denver. It's true. Doesn't happen. You we went over Von this. Von Miller is going to it could essentially be Baker Mayfield's sidekick this week because he's going to be next to him the entire day. Probably. So I don't really have to say all that much about this, honestly. I, I, I think Broncos are going to shut him down. He, I could see him having a three for thirty kind of day. Yeah. If that, I don't. I don't think this is one of those games where he gets lucky and catches a slant for ninety yards. I, I just, it, it's poor. I wouldn't start him, and I, I wouldn't start anybody on the Browns except Nick Chubb at this point. That's fair. That's fair. Well, it's going to wrap it up for us. Yep. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it as always. Please let us know what you think, and we're always up for a good discussion or debate always. on any of our social media sites. And Ben, how can they do that? Uh, well, you can go on Twitter, Ben Chris Talk F O One. You can head up us on our Facebook page, Ben and Chris Talk Football, and then we're on uh, IG, Ben underscore Chris Talk Football. Yeah, Ben and I started doing this because we legitimately love talking about football. So, any questions? We are more than happy to give you our opinion. And I'd like to say congratulations to the Nats for winning the. World Series last night. Yeah, no, honestly, yeah. I mean, we're we're a football podcast, but yeah, congratulations. I thought that was a pretty. I was I thought it was a really fun series, and uh, yeah, that was well done by them. And we will see you next time. We are available on the aforementioned social media sites Ben just mentioned, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and leave us a review. It really help us out. And until next time, guys, have a good one. Thank you.